Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. And I would say I like a pretty full page. You're not going to see a lot of white space from me. Um, I'm actually bothered by white space. <laughs> um, so you'll see on a lot of my projects, if I use like a white cardstock background, I have to have one of the edges bordered. Otherwise, I feel like nothing is anchored down. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 146. In this episode, I'm interviewing Amy Mertel for the My Way series. My Way is all about celebrating the unique ways memory keepers get things done. We're excited to have Amy as the December featured artist at Simple Scrapper. Hey, Amy, welcome to Scrapbook Your Way. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit better. You're our featured artist for December. Um, a selection of your pages have inspired our latest creative challenge for our members. And this is going to be one of our My Way episodes where we get to learn more about you. So can you kick things off by sharing just a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name's Amy. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I would definitely describe myself as an introvert. Um, so I'm a little nervous today. Um, I live in Northern California with my husband and our three kids who are six and three. Uh, and obviously I love scrapbooking, but um, apart from that, I actually really love gardening, uh, fishing, and I actually shoot archery. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, so fun. And have you lived in that area all your life or did something bring I, you there at some point? I did. I grew up here in Northern California. Um, I moved around a lot, um, but eventually moved back to my hometown. So. Oh, I love that. I hear that story so often from so uh -huh. many. So we love to talk about what's exciting us right now in the hobby. It could be something new or even something rediscovered. So what's like one thing that's really getting you excited about scrapbooking? So this might sound um, a little simple or, you know, like a staple to most people, but um, heat embossing my stamps. Uh, it's, I love stamps. I stamp a lot, but I've actually never tried to emboss any of them uh, or use them in that way. Uh, I have a really small craft space, so I try to be as minimal as I can when it comes to like supplies or, you know, getting, uh, getting into new mediums, uh, as I don't really have a lot of space for, you know, any new gadgets or supplies. Uh, but, Ellie Studio released their document December kit and their stamps had some really cute icons that I thought would look really good, um, embossed in like white 
on like a craft tag for December daily. Uh, so I decided to get into it. So I got a heat gun, picked up a couple new colors of powders. And um, so I've been enjoying playing with that. Uh, it's taken me a little bit, you know, to get used to it. There's a learning curve for sure. Uh, but it's been it's been a ton of fun trying to play with that, um, using my stamps in a new way. And then also uh, tag books and like making minis on rings. Uh, that's also something I don't do a ton of. So I've been kind of dabbling into that a little bit as well. So that's oh, some things that, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, and you could even combine those two ideas together as well. So maybe like yeah. a little stamp challenge on every tag and yeah, add some texture. Really, yeah. to really play with it. So do you have any tips for embossing? Because I feel like, you know, I, I embossed like as a kid, like pre-scrapbooking, you know, with a hairdryer, but I had the embossing powders and I feel like I was better at it back then than I am now. That's so, so what's funny. your, maybe your one or two tips about it? I don't have any tips yet because I'm, okay. I, like I said, I'm so new to it. So I had actually was playing with it the other day and I don't know if uh, you're supposed to use your heat gun in between every stamp, but I went ahead and stamped an entire background and then tried to heat set it and some of them didn't set. So I'm not sure if you need to like, you know, take your time, go one stamp at a time and heat as you go. Uh, maybe that's a tip, but <laughs> some experts will have to have to let me know because I'm still, I'm still playing with that. Okay. Okay. I think we're both going to have to learn together on yeah. this because I want to get better too. <laughs> that's so funny about the hairdryer though, because I definitely tried that before I got a heat gun. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, I, I mean, I think my hair dryers in like the late eighties and early nineties were much weaker than the ones we yeah. have now. Yeah. <laughs> they don't blow as hard. <laughs> All right. So we love to talk about stories, of course, here and particular stories that might be on your storytelling bucket list. So this is something that feels a little bit more meaningful and significant, but something you haven't yet told, but you know, you want to. Yeah, I definitely have something on my bucket list. Um, so my husband was in the military for a number of years, and I actually don't have any of that time he spent in the service documented at all. Um, and it wasn't really a, an issue, or I guess it wasn't really uh, pressing until maybe just recently. My uh, son and me were watching TV, and I think maybe it was a Go Army commercial or something that had came on. And so he said, oh, look at their, you know, their what they're wearing, they're wearing camo. That's so cool. You know, and he asked me, what do they do? And had all these questions and he thought it looked so cool. And I said, you know, they're in the military, they serve our country. And I said, did you know, daddy was in the military. He was in the Navy. He lived on a big ship out in the middle of the ocean, uh, for 10 months out of the year. And he just was floored. He's like, what, what do you mean? You know? And, so he had all these questions about, you know, where we lived. He wanted to see the boat. He wanted to see his dad in, in his uniform. And he had all these questions. And I got really sad because, I mean, I do have the photos and the yeah. stories, but they're like scattered. So I would need to go digging all of these things up for him to see. So it would be nice to have like a dedicated album where I could just grab it. He could flip through it and, you know, ask questions and look at photos and I could read him the stories. Um, so definitely I, I really, I really want to get that told just so he can, you know, have something. Yeah, for sure. That sounds like just really important. So I wish you lots of luck and, you know, the creative energy to get that started and, and get it finished as well. Yeah, I think that'll be good 
good for both of my kids to see and and not just um, his time in the service, but maybe just a bit about my perspective of what it was like for me and um, just give them, give them a glimpse of our life before we had kids too, I think would be fun. Yes, yes, yes. I think I hear this, this common theme a lot because our, our kids have questions about mm-hmm. what things were like and it's a natural curiosity, but because you have a specific context around it too, that's, you know, important. I think that, yeah, this is a really good choice. So this is a My Way episode. As I said, we're going to really talk all about you. So can you take us back to how you started scrapbooking? Yeah, I think that my love of scrapbooking started uh, from a very young age. Um, And I think that came from both of my parents, actually. Uh, My mom had this scrapbook of herself from high school. And I remember flipping through it and laughing, you know, laughing at all the things she, you know, used to wear back then. And, um, she would point out her friends and tell me stories. And then she obviously, she kept scrapbooks of us kids as well. And her and her girlfriends would get together to scrapbook. And I just loved flipping through her pages. Um, and I was just completely enamored with it, um, from that point on. And then my dad, he was really sort of the keeper of, of all the photos. He really loved the photography, um, and the photo side of memory keeping. Uh, he was just always very adamant about getting things printed. Uh, and so we had boxes and boxes of photos in our house. Um, and he had, you know, folders full of photos on the computer and he would sit at the computer and he would actually put together slideshows set to music and then he would burn them on DVDs. Uh, so after a big family dinner, we would all sit down on the couch and we'd put the DVD in and we would watch our photos and we would just laugh and, you know, kind of reminisce on all the memories. And so I think memory keeping in general was just something I was always surrounded by. Um, so it was kind of a no brainer that, you know, as an adult, I would kind of continue that theme. Um, yeah, and my, my mom eventually fell out of love with scrapbooking. Um, and so I, that's when I kind of started, you know, can I have this mom and, you know, building my stash, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I took a lot of my mom's supplies and I kept them in a box and I, uh, went into my dad's photo boxes and I would take photos and, uh, I'm sure everybody has this story, but you know, we would like hack them up to bits and make like the ugliest pages ever. Um, and yeah, so I did smash books for a while as well as like a teenager. Um, but then I, I met my husband and like I said, he was in the military. So we moved around a lot and my little box of goodies that came from my mom, they, they went with me when I moved, uh, moved around, but they mainly stayed in storage. So, uh, I didn't get to scrapbook for a long period of, of my life. It was kind of like always this idea that I would, you know, in the back of my head, I would return to it one day. Um, and I got pregnant with my son and I thought, okay, you know, we're going to start scrapbooking it again. And I pulled out my box of stuff and, uh, tried to get started. And I think that my supplies were just way outdated by that point. Um, so I went down to Michael's looking for, you know, what's new and what's happening now. And I stumbled across, um, Becky Higgins and, uh, 
the whole aisle of her products and I was kind of mystified by it. Like, you know, putting things in pockets, like that was just, you know, not something that my mom was doing back then and it wasn't a smash book. And so, you know, I was, I was pretty uh, intrigued by that. Uh, and I, I did end up buying a core kit and, uh, went home and I went on Google and, you know, I'm looking for inspiration for that. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much how I got started in in scrapbooking um, and in Project Life in general, which is mostly what I I stick to nowadays. So, so I love this this part of your story about how you had this pause because I've heard this in so many of our conversations, and I feel like I had this myself, and I've been trying to like kind of figure out what's the best way analogy for this. And it's like you know, growing up, we have we're we're, we're constantly deciding, is this me? Is this not me? You know, what, what, what am I all about? You're trying to find yourself and then you're kind of thrown out into the world and it's like, okay, now find your way back. Yeah. (laughs) And we have this period of time, which, you know, we're suddenly kind of ripped away from what we know about ourselves. And then we have to find our way back. And sometimes it's triggers like marriage and birth and all the things that we talk about us, you know, why you started scrapbooking that help us find us, find our way back to the things that we loved when we were younger. And so I just, you know, I had that pretty much exact same experience. Yeah, definitely. The birth of my son was that trigger for me. I just knew because I think going back to my mom, you know, keeping the scrapbooks of us kids, I wanted, I wanted to do that for him. Um, So yeah, I definitely, that was definitely a trigger for me. And I did end up scrapbooking uh, or using Project Life to document my pregnancy and his birth. But then again, uh, moving around, all my things went into a a storage box again. And by the time I, I pulled it out, uh, when I moved back to my hometown and my uh, husband, you know, his contract was up and he exited the service, we moved back home and got our own place. And finally it was like a permanent, permanent home. And so I was mm-hmm. excited to pull all my stuff out again and get back to project life. And I think by that time, oh my gosh, I, you know, I got an Instagram and Pinterest and I pull out all my stuff to sit down and do my project life. And I decided to, I think I searched the hashtag project life on Instagram. And I, I found the whole community that I didn't even know existed before. I was kind of just doing this on my own. And, um, I mean, a little bit of guidance from, you know, some inspiration from Becky Higgins and things like that. But I, when I found the Instagram community and I found, um, I didn't even know Studio Calico existed and, you know, Allie Edwards and Kelly Perky and, and I'm looking at their inspiration for Project Life and I'm like, wait a minute, is our rounded corners not cool anymore? Like, is that not a thing? <laughs> you know, so, you know, two years later and the whole thing has like evolved for me. And so I'm oh, like, yeah. I guess I got to get a subscription. I guess I, I know. And I had, oh my gosh, I had so many core kits and I'm like, do I not use these anymore? You know, is that not, it's not, not what's hip and happening. Uh, so it's just funny how things change so fast as well when you take a break. So I'm curious, like in the past few years, then how has your hobby evolved? Because you're not just doing pocket pages. And even in your pocket pages, you're doing different sizes, uh, orientations. So tell me more about kind of where you are today. Yeah, so I still love Project Life. And I think that Project Life is the one thing that drives me to keep going. I like that it's chronological. Um, So I, I do still really love that format. And uh, but yeah, different sizes. I, 
originally when, you know, my mom was scrapbooking and introduced it to me, it was all that 12 by 12 traditional. And so I figured that's what I would stick to. But when I started doing my own uh, pages, uh, I actually tend to like a more smaller scale project, um, like eight and a half by 11, I'm a lot more comfortable with than 12 by 12. I think like 12 by 12, there's just so much space. I don't Mm -hmm. sometimes know what to do with it. So also a a traveler's notebook is also pretty comfortable for me too. So, but it's funny, you know, the thing that got you started is not where you end up. Oh, (laughs) totally. I think that Mm -hmm. happens a lot. It's just a, it's that entry point, the trigger, to start exploring and seeing what's out there. Yeah. And then, you know, because this is a, there's, there's certainly a consumer side of it. The a product availability is also going to drive some of the things that you're working on, unless you're really just going to close your eyes and only work on those core kids for the rest of your life. Right. You know? right. Yep. <laughs> so if somebody couldn't see your Instagram and didn't know what your pages look like, how would you describe your particular style? Messy. <laughs> Um, no, I think, I don't, I think I, it would be described as anything goes really. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really clinging to any rules. I guess I don't think there's any rules for scrapbooking. Uh, and I, I don't want anyone to come after me for saying that because I know we have these design principles, but, um, if it feels good and if I think it looks good, then then that's good, good for me. Um, I'm not really, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to make it look a particular way. Um, I like a lot of color, so I'm not sticking to one color palette or another. I play with all the colors. Um, there are certain things that I come back to again and again, like, um, a a really high contrast look. So I like scrapbooking with a lot of black. That's pretty comfortable for me. Um, I like torn paper. I like texture and stitching. I like paint splatter. Um, and I would say I like a pretty full page. You're not going to see a lot of white space from me. Um, I'm actually bothered by white space. (laughs) Um, so you'll see on a lot of my projects, if I use like a white cardstock background, I have to have one of the edges bordered. Otherwise I feel like nothing is anchored down. Uh, it just, it just bothers my eye to look at. I think that those kind of kinds of layouts photograph beautifully. And I like looking at them and I think that they're gorgeous. I love that minimal look. Uh, but for me, it's not, it's not achievable. Um, so yeah, I, I like a pretty full page and, um, I have a hard for, for some reason, I have a hard time with grids on a layout. You know, I like the grid when it's project life, but not on an actual layout. So I would say it's just sort of anything goes for me. Oh, yeah, that's so interesting because yeah, I I can see that in your pages that you're you're very like you know organized and linear with the pockets, but then your layouts are more you know asymmetric, clustery things yeah, like that. Yeah, lots but of. But the idea that you really want to have something anchored, I think this is this is something that I definitely feel too, and I and I've heard others talk about it is that they, you know, if it just feels like the page is floating to infinity you want to find those boundaries and to feel like okay you're containing everything yes and how do you feel like you did you you know maybe you don't have a style that is particular but even with this the high contrast black and white did you was that something you've always been attracted to or did you kind of find yourself 
naturally gravitating towards that over time? Uh, like, I how did you I, go from the supplies that your mom gave you to right, choosing right. your own, you know? I think that came from just inspiration from the community. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I think it happened by using stamps. Uh, that, meant that, that might sound weird, but I mean, all I had was a black ink pad starting out and then maybe, you know, an alpha stamp or, you know, whatever it was. And I want to use the stamp. So I used the black ink and it made a really, you know, that's heavy black when you're using it with an alpha, I think. And so it looked really graphic. And then so I'm like, oh, well, I have to add more black to this page to balance it out. And I think that's kind of where it came from. And I said, oh, I really love that look. It's very, you know, striking, very graphic, like I said. And so then it's just something that I come back to again and again because I love the way it looks. Oh, I love that. I think that's, yeah, I I would have never thought of that, but I can totally see that. I definitely am up also because black stamps the best because Mm -hmm. of all the inks, right, too. So if I'm like nervous at all, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to use black because I know it's going to come out well. Yeah, but then it adds a sort of heaviness to your page. I feel like it needs to be balanced. So then I usually end up adding some other black embellishments or maybe like black paint splatter. And then you've got this really sort of, you know, a layout with a lot of black and it's pretty high contrast. And I think that looks really cool. Yeah, I like it too. So how do you stay motivated to create? Are you someone that always feels excited or do you ebb and flow over time? I definitely ebb and flow. There's like periods where I don't want to do anything at all. Um, And typically I would say, you know, just honor that and, you know, take your break. But I've also found, and I think that's part of being on, on design teams. I've found that when you do have a deadline or you're forcing yourself to create, that sounds terrible, but kind of forcing it a little bit, you end up finding creativity when you didn't even know that it was there. Um, so aside from being on design teams and having that sort of schedule and deadline, uh, I will also pull out this, I keep this big Felicity Jane box under my desk and it has a bunch of just scraps and old supplies and of just a mix of things that, that maybe I thought maybe I would give away. Uh, so I just pull that out and I use a Heidi swap storyline chapters insert and I just go to town in there. I don't share it much on my Instagram or anything like that, but I create a lot of pages in there just from that box. And I find that just putting things down on paper, you, maybe you go through an old, uh, box of photos and you take some old photos that never made it onto a page and you just scrapbook them and, and use some old stuff and just get creative and see what you can make. I find that that really helps me, uh, just kind of get inspired again. Yes. I love that. I love the idea and almost like a warm up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A way to just kind of reignite your confidence as well as like, oh yeah, I do know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And then you can go and make the thing that you want to make. Right. Yes. I love having that, that permission to have, you know, a little side project like that, particularly one that maybe you don't have to share. <laughs> yeah. And it almost looks like a, a smash book in the end, you know, kind of messy kind of collage almost, but it's a lot of fun. And I feel like it gets that, you know, creative energy flowing for sure. Yes. Yes. So right now we're talking about planning as we gear up for the new year when this episode goes live. Do you do anything to keep track of the projects and the albums you're working on or even the pages you want to make? I'm kind of a poor planner. Um, (laughs) I really am. Um, I think that the most planning I really do is, I wouldn't even call it planning because I know that I'm going to make a 
project life spread for, you know, September or August or, you know, whatever the month it is. So the only uh, planning I do is sometimes I'll take a look at my camera roll and I'll select a photo that I really love and I'll say, okay, I'm going to make a page about this photo. Um, and, you know, write down the story and then find time to, you know, go select my products for that page. And, and but that's as far as I really get with planning. Cause I, I mean, I already know I'm going to make a page, a project life page for, you know, whatever month it is. Well, that's totally fair as well. So I love like, you know, featuring people who have all different approaches to planning from, you know, just a little bit to folks who really plan everything out uh, to an, uh, quite a degree. It might be harder for me because I, I don't put a ton of emphasis on story. So I feel like maybe others in the community might be, you know, they have a particular story in mind. So they're planning that mm -hmm. project out. Um, but for me, I, I find that my style is more of creative play and playing with products and scrapbooking for myself rather than for, you know, the story or handing down memories, I guess. Well, and we all, we always talk about it as the spectrum from kind mm. of very legacy focus, which is the most future oriented to, you know, very self creative process focused, you know, and you're, you're in it for the creative outlet, the mental health benefits and all that. And everyone's going to fall somewhere along that line. And our point on that line may even shift over time, right? You know, depending on what's going on in your life. So you sounds like you're more towards that, you know, this is really is for you. This is a, a creative practice. And that's amazing. Yeah, I think that I definitely am a, a bit toward that side of the spectrum. Uh, I want to be both. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I've I, been trying a lot this year to focus a little bit more on story. And it, that kind of goes back to that bucket list um, item mm -hmm. at the beginning uh, that I do want to have something to hand down to my kids. But then I also want it to be a little bit about me as well um, and be about that creative process. So trying to find a balance. <laughs> yeah, you have to find a balance. And I think sometimes it takes particular stories like the example that you shared that will help you dive in a little bit further. And then maybe that doing that project might give you a shift. Who knows? So yeah. So going back to like what you're loving right now, um, we talked a little bit about, you know, eight and a half by 11 or smaller for you. What are some of, can you tell us more about the particular formats and sizes? I see you working in the Citrus Twist Life Crafted albums. Um, what are the different sizes that you make? Yeah, I love the Life Crafted albums. Um, I also just like the traditional traveler's notebooks too that are, you know, on mm -hmm. staples. Um, I find that those get a little bit too chunky. So I am able to fit more layouts in the, you know, Life Crafted album for sure. Um, but yeah, I love that size. Um I've been working in um, nine by 12 actually, and six by 12. I think six by 12 uh, for layouts is a little bit of an odd size, but I think it looks really cool uh, inside my Project Life album. So in my album, my t I use a 12 by 12 album for Project Life, and I will put all of my layouts alongside my pocket pages as well. So it's kind of just a mashup of, of different sizes in there. And I think that six by 12 full page layouts look really cool in a Project Life album. So I've been kind of dabbling in that a little bit and loving that. Uh, I don't share too many of those because like I said, I feel like that's kind of an odd, an odd size to play with. 
Um, I also do six by 12 pocket pages, nine by 12, um, and the nine by 12 full page layouts. That's kind of an interesting size to work with too. Um, but yeah, I, whenever I start trying to do a 12 by 12 layout, I'm like, ah, I can't, (laughs) I don't know where to start. So yeah, like the small sizes for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about process and maybe let's focus on just a, a project life spread since that's kind of your origin and where you're like the, you know, the biggest part of your heart is maybe yeah. is that you love this, this process. So when you sit down, are you doing weekly, monthly? So I do project life uh, monthly. Uh, I found it was a little bit hard for me to stick to that. You know, I felt pressured when it was weekly. Uh, when I just call it monthly, you know, I'm not really worried about what week, what event took place or when the photo was taken. I'm kind of like, okay, this all happened in September, you know, here we go. Um, so yeah, I, I take a monthly approach. Uh, and so I put all of my photos on my phone into a, an album for that month and I have them edited already. And then I will just sit down. I try to sit down at the end of the month and, uh, get everything printed and then uh, go ahead and stick them in the pockets and then find some cards. Now, do you do any kind of hybrid or are you all I do traditional? not. I noticed you have mostly types journaling. Um, that's from a typewriter though. I oh. will say, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to I do guess this. that's technically hybrid, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I do not do the uh, digital or hybrid, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm bad with technology for being a young person. I tell you what. Um, yeah, I know you can put the cards to the printer, but I have not figured that out. So I use a typewriter for that. Um, I do print some pocket cards every now and then if I get a digital kit, uh, citrus twist does a lot of digitals that I will print on my, uh, at home. Uh, but typically I'm a physical product sort of girl for sure. Mm -hmm. And then what about embellishing? Do you, you know, you talked about your kind of anything goes and, and obviously, you know, you're on design team, so you're using products that you're receiving. You know, are you a maximalist and more of a minimalist when you're get, you know, you've got, you've typed on your cards with your typewriter and you've printed out your photos. How does the embellishing figure into the process? I think it's situational. Um, there are some pages where I, I you know, when I sit down to create and I'm feeling a certain type of way, I will keep it more minimal on my photos as far as embellishing goes. Uh, and I think that it looks pretty and I'm like, I don't want to mess this up with any more embellishments. But then there are times where I'm like, give me all the things on the page. Like, I don't care that it's cluttered. Um, I think it's fun. And I think that you can do both. Um, and it's definitely sometimes just, just fun to add things. Uh, so I don't, I don't get too upset about, you know, too many embellishments on my photos. I like, I like that look sometimes. Sure. Sure. And then maybe let's go more into the products that you're reaching towards, gravitating towards, maybe like things that you're shopping for these days. Like what's, what's fun for you? That's a tough question. (laughs) Um, I think a, a lot of products are fun. Um, I've been really into Citrus Twist Kits um, exclusive products. So I think that I love their stamps. I do. I like to stamp a lot on my Project Life layout. So I, I do tend to 
grab their stamps a lot more than maybe some other companies. Uh, they have a lot of sentiments. I think that's why. And I do like mm. to uh, stamp directly on my photos. You will see that a lot on my Project Life spreads. Uh, and they have a ton of really tiny little sentiments that just fit perfectly. So that's something that I really like. Um, also, Coco Daisy's products, I think that they do something that's really different uh, that no co other company really has out there. I just think that their illustrations are really – they're really pretty um, and they're not um, – I don't think they're, they're super cartoony or, you know, I just think that they're really beautiful. So I've been grabbing a lot of uh, Coco Daisy products recently um, as well. All right. Yeah. I, yeah, I noticed in here like stamping on photos, mm -hmm. which, um, which ink do you prefer to do that? Uh, archival. That's the one that I've, I've used from the beginning of time. So I wouldn't know <laughs> any other ink in, or else. any other way. Mm hmm. <laughs> All right, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about organization. Now, you mentioned your style is a little bit messy. Does that say anything about, you know, how you keep track of your supplies and your photos and everything? Are you messy or are you a tidy person? I'm not a tidy person. I am a mess. Um, <laughs> I'm a mess all around. Um, I, you know, for my actual craft room, I have a lot of IKEA uh, organization products, Um and like I said, I, I talked about organization a little bit with my photos. I do keep separate albums for months and then albums for different design teams and, you know, things like that. Um, one sort of thing I try to keep organized too with as regards to photos on my phone is um, I do a lot of editing of my photos. I never usually use a photo that's straight out of my camera. So I try to delete the original because I feel like that's just taking up space. I like the edited version better. I'm probably not going to come back and re-edit the photo or, you know, change the style of it. I'm pretty set when it comes to, you know, my editing style. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really try to delete the original for a, a long time. I would just try to, ho I would hold on to it. And I found that, you know, my phone storage is just filling up and filling up. And I'm like, I got to, you know, say goodbye. I got to try to part ways with this original photo. So that's one um, organization tip for sure that just if you're not going to use it, just just delete it. And you have that really pretty edited photo for you anyways. So, yeah, sometimes it's best to let go so that you can move forward. Mm -hmm. What about your your stash of supplies? How do you know? Do you organize by manufacturer, by color, by type of supply? How do you, you know, even in your minimal, more minimal, more maybe less excessive way, how do you keep it tidy? Yeah, I try to keep it tidy, but I definitely my brain works by um, organizing by manufacturer. So mm -hmm. yeah, I I because I know. And it sounds crazy because I have so many, you know, different releases and supplies and things like that. But I know what stamp, you know, say what stamp comes from a certain manufacturer. And I can just go to where I keep that manufacturer in my um, organizer and I can pull out that stamp. So if I mix them up, I don't, I don't know if I would know where they were. <laughs> so I, I definitely keep them by designer. Otherwise, I'm lost. <laughs> Any other thoughts you have on organization or particular like solutions? You mentioned, you know, some of the IKEA things you have, but any solutions that have been just so like amazingly helpful for you? Keeping my stamps out. I, I love stamps. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Keeping my stamps out on my desk um, is helpful for me and it gets them used. Um, 
I just prefer it that way just so I can pull them out and they're ready to go and they're within arm's reach. Um, definitely like to keep them up on my desk by my side. Oh, that makes sense. And I hear that a lot. And what, it's not always stamps, but it's something that you want to reach for regularly yeah. that if you have it in sight and close at hand, you're more likely to then incorporate that into your process. Yeah. And then if we like step back here and think about, you know, your whole experience from, you know, when you were younger to now, what do you think is your biggest lesson learned from your creative experience? Oh my gosh. Don't be a perfectionist uh, for sure. Because I struggled with that for a very long time. Um, that kind of goes back to that sort of white space and minimal look. I thought that that's how things had to be done. And I mean, gosh, these layouts that some of these ladies make are just gorgeous. And I wanted to replicate that and I wanted to be that for so long. And it wasn't until I realized that's just not who I am and let go that I was actually able to have fun with this hobby. Um, I think a lot of times people can get caught up in, you know, trying to have it look a certain way and it's just not achievable. And once you do let that go, uh, and you just sort of embrace the mess, embrace it. Um, you can, you can have fun and you can find joy and there's, it still looks beautiful just because it's not, you know, in one certain style, you know, it's okay. Well, and it's, it's your style. I think that sometimes you can take inspiration from others yeah. on something to try, but in the end, your brain, your hand, your heart is creating this and it's always going to look like you. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I mean, I was so frustrated with myself. My mom, when she was a scrapbooker, she made beautiful pages and she was very linear and just very... I don't know, straight lines and I don't measure anything. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I can't. Um, but I, I wanted to be that for so long and it's frustrating. And then it makes you, it makes the hobby not as enjoyable as if you just, you know, did your own, own thing and embraced what your style is. Yes. Yes. I totally agree. Amy, this has been so nice getting to know you better. Can you share where we can find you online and anything you'll have new or coming up, you know, uh, in December? Yeah, you can find me at Affectionately Amy on Instagram. Uh, I do have a YouTube as well. It's the same same name on YouTube. Um, I don't update it very often. So most of my things you'll find on, on Instagram. And then uh, upcoming projects is uh, Document December. Uh, I'm doing that with, um, all Ellie studio, uh, product release. And so that's going to be really fun. Uh, lots of pink in that collection. So it's kind of a different, uh, non-traditional take on, on December. Sounds great. We'll include the links to both your Instagram and your YouTube in the show notes for this episode. Uh, thanks so much for spending time with me. Thanks so much. I hope you have a great weekend. You too. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. Are you ready to start implementing the great ideas you hear on the podcast? The Simple Scrapper membership offers a welcoming space to connect with fellow memory keepers and find the creative accountability you've been craving. Visit simplescrapper.com slash membership to learn more and join our community. It's the best it's ever been.